You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to <clears throat> the Corner Booth Draft Special 1 out of 3. Of course, you know, we have a month till the draft or a month and a change. But this is the first round of me and Kevin breaking down my mock draft, Mach 1. And we thought, you know, because we thought you all coming around for the ride. So don't worry. It's going to be like a regular episode with the weird shit in sports and last call. But there's much breaking news. So we'll just jump right into the mock draft. Kev, you ready? I'm always ready. All right. <clears throat> so kicking off with the first overall pick, the Bengals will take Joe Burrow. Now, Kevin, this is basically the biggest layup on the planet because the Bengals have basically said they're going to take Burrow, and I do not think that Miami trade will go through. So anything on that? Um, No, other than I think it's weird a band's drafting first overall. It's the Bengals. I said Bengals is a band from the 80s. I hate you so much. All right. Number two, but no, Redskins. Good Redskins will take Chase Young. I'm not buying the two rumors. I think that the fact that Dan Snyder's kid went to school with Dwayne Haskins, that's the only reason they picked him last year. They're going to give him one more year. I don't think they're going to jump ship that fast. I think Chase Young, he's the best player available in the draft at number two. No question. I think it'd be interesting to see them go after some weapons for Haskins, but you can't pass up Chase Young here. <clears throat> yeah, I don't either. All right, uh, next up we have the three pick with the Detroit Lions, and I have the first crazy pick of the day. With the third overall pick, I have the Detroit Lions selecting Tua Tungafailoa out of Alabama. They've been saying, oh, we're Stafford's the guy. <laughs> I don't buy any of it because the Jeff Oka pick, the cornerback at Ohio State, is just too safe. And I think I, – I did like four mock drafts this morning, and I looked at everything going through, and I said, you know what? Tua Tungafailoa, it just – it makes so much sense. He gets to sit behind Stafford for a few, mo- a few weeks. They're going to cut him at the end of the year anywhere. His contract's up either way. It makes total sense. The Lions get a guy, and Tua gets to play indoors with good receivers and a decent running back in a great tight end. I think it's a it's a slam dunk. And this is the first pick that I completely disagree with you on. Oh, I know. I was I, I think that Detroit seen teams draft a player. They've seen Tampa Bay draft Bo Jackson. They've seen the Colts draft John Elway and get next to nothing out of it because they said before the draft, I'm not playing for you. And I think now they're not going to risk that. I think they will go with the safe pick and try and build that team up. We'll see. I I don't think Tua's going to pull out the Lions. I just think it's going to be – He already did. He already said he won't play for the Lions? Uh, His camp did. But did he actually say it? No, but if his – like agent and his family said it, then it's probably coming from him. See, this is the pr- problem I have with this. And it, maybe uh, we had this conversation already. It's that 
one, you're playing the NFL draft. You just came off an injury. You have you're basically lucky some team is drafting you. Shut up and put on a helmet. Exactly. Um, worst case, the Lions trade Tua after they draft him. It's happened before. All right. At number four, we have the New York Giants taking the bell of the ball when it came to offensive tackles at the combine. We have Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa going to New York. They get blocking for Danny Dimes. And uh, he honestly had the best performance at the combine. And also that video of him box jumping out of a pool is actually pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree with it. Uh, Giants have needed line help for years. Now they have a young quarterback and a good running back. They need to get them, give them time to make plays that they can. Totally. I, I mean, it's not going to solve the Giants' O-line, but it's going to help, especially when you're in a division where you have Philadelphia and Dallas and Washington, all of these pass rushers. At number five, you have the Dolphins panicking to hell because they're freaking out that <laughs> two is no longer on the board. They will take Justin Herbert out of Oregon. I know Kevin's not a big fan of Justin Herbert. I love his upside. I have never been a big believer in, oh, my God, if a quarterback's not ready day one, he's going to he's gonna have a horrible career. No, never believe that. Never will. I think with Herbert, it's going to be a lot of pull and grind. And I think he's going to sit behind Fitzpatrick for a few months. Because that, that Dolphins team is going to win games with Fitzpatrick. They have a, loaded, they have a great roster. So – Give Herbert a couple weeks. I think they could be at like a 9-7, team with Herbert at the helm on the back end of the season. I disagree with you because I think Tua is getting taken here. However, I think if he for some reason is taken by Detroit, I can see them taking Herbert. Maybe not as much a panic pick, but I don't agree with Herbert now. I don't think he should be taking the side, but he does have that upside you mentioned and I think it this Detroit, not Detroit, this Miami Dolphins team has shown they're in it semi for the long haul, but they want to win now. And I think Herbert's a good pick to have Fitzpatrick start now. And then in a season or two, Herbert just steps in and is the guy. True. All right. So right now at number six, we have our with the Chargers. We have our first trade up. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars trading up to the sixth pick and the Chargers trading back to nine various picks whatever you want to throw in and if for sake of the website that i'm using the engine it's going to say the chargers pick who i said the jaguars at six will take jeffrey okta out of ohio state to replace jalen ramsey and aj boyer yeah makes sense no arguments for me i can see them maybe taking a bet like a good weapon for Minshew, who you can just give the ball to and have him do stuff on like a drag route but I think building up that de- that defense got them to an AFC championship game a couple years ago. I can see them wanting to get back to a defense like that. Exactly. All right. Next up with the Carolina Panthers at seven. Now we still have Isaiah Simmons, CeeDee Lamb on the board, but I'm going to have them actually reach here. And they're going to take Derek Brown, the interior defensive tackle out of, of Auburn, because that is their number one need. And with Jeff Oak to off the board, they need a, they need help on defense, especially now that they're going to load up that offense and free agency. I think Derek Brown's the right fit, good run stopper out of or out of Auburn. His best comparisons are Nadam Kinsu and a lower body power is his main skill set. 
I think it works definitely for him, especially with this with this Carolina defense because they've always had good D tackles. Yep, no, I agree with that. All right. Uh, at number eight, we have the Arizona Cardinals, and I have them taking Jarek Willis out of Kevin's native Alabama, Kevin's uh, alma mater, Alabama. Willis is a good pass protector, and of course, because he's an Alabama guy, you know the guy can run block. Um, I, I, it makes sense. Protect. You got the weapon for Kyler, weapons for Kyler. Now, go get him some protection. His pro comparison is Jay is Jason Peters. That. That's a pretty good comparison for a Hall of Fame deep tackle. Yeah, um, I agree with the pick. I think it makes sense to have get Kyler some additional protection to throw to DeAndre Hopkins now or Larry Fitz. However, I disagree with the pronunciation of that name. It's not Jarek Willis. It's Jedrick Wills. Oh, right, close. I, I am sorry. I'm a little like the, the words are – I get a little dyslexic sometimes. Just letting you know, bud. I know. All right. So San Diego is straight back to nine. And at nine, they are going to take uh, Meme Bakhtan. Mekai Bakhtan out of uh, Louisville. Offensive tackle. Because I have a feeling the Chargers are going to wait on drafting a quarterback. Either second round or they're going to sign Cam Newton. I don't think they're going to move up this early to go get Jordan Love since the first three quarterbacks are already off the board. Um, I think getting a, t- a tackle here is good. It's gonna That's the biggest hole in their team right now besides quarterback itself. And the guy's a good player, especially in an offense with Louisville, who's had been, always been scoring points. Yeah, I I think that's a good pick for them. It, kind, it helps shore up that offensive line a bit. And I do see them taking a quarterback late in the draft because – this court draft for quarterbacks is very top heavy. You have Hurt, you have not Herbert. You have Burrow and Tua, and then yep. you have like some mid tier quarterbacks after that: Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, who might be a first round pick later. But then you have Jake Fromm in the second. I'm not high on him, but a lot of people are. I can see the Chargers kind of waiting until early in the second round to take Fromm just to have a quarterback of the future, regardless of who they start this year. True. All right, we have our, our next trade. Kevin, you're going to love this one. So the Cleveland Browns, unfortunately, the first three, the first four offensive tackles are off the board, three offensive tackles. So the Cleveland Browns are trading back to 21 with the Philadelphia Eagles to move back to get Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, which means the Philadelphia Eagles are at number 10, which I have no doubt that this is possible only because the Philadelphia Eagles have not moved any of their picks except for their compensatory and with the 10th pick in the draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jerry Judy out of Alabama. They go get their weapon for Carson, and this way they get the safest pick out of the wide receiver class. I think the only reason you didn't have Judy take it higher was so he could go to the Eagles in some no. in a somewhat logical way. No, actually, the reason I didn't have him taken is because the problem is that all the teams that had wide receiver on their need board – had more glaring needs to the point where, like, even a moron like you or me would say, okay, we need a defensive lineman or we need a defensive tackle before we go get a receiver. Where Philadelphia is concerned, luckily for them, they don't need the line or D-line. That's the two things they have loaded up. They loaded up the defensive backcourt. 
Their only other position they really need to fix right now is linebacker, and they can get that in the second and third rounds. So I think the Jerry Judy pick makes sense. Philadelphia will probably send their first and their third, possibly a fourth to move up to 10, maybe even a second. I don't know how Roseman and uh, whoever the GM is now in Cleveland can figure that one out. I just figured this would make the most sense for Cleveland because the player they need is a left tackle, and they don't have another one available until 20. So it makes sense. Okay, besides that, though, I agree with it. I think Cleveland still has that loaded offense if hopefully um, their new coach can figure it out and help Baker throw to OBJ more. So tr- drafting a wide receiver here doesn't make sense. Philly, that's that was their biggest need in my mind besides backup quarterback, really. Yeah. So I, I they do need a receiver. I don't know if they can move up to 10. They might have to move up to 13 or 14 with a first and a third to get one of the guys left, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Rugg, something like that. But yeah, it fills a need for them. Might be a little pie in the sky to think they'll move up that much to get it but and without giving up a haul. But I think also, like, this is a mock draft, so it's going to change as we get closer. But I feel like right now, even though the Eagles are apparently now going to keep Alshon Jeffrey, at least for until the draft, I believe that this is the best, smartest move for them. Even if it's, it, yeah, it may be a little optimistic, but then again, we just got Darius Slay for a third and a five. I, I and Cleveland has a tendency to make bad trades during draft time, so I'll believe it. All right. By the way, Isaiah Simmons is still on the board at twelve because the Jets' biggest concerns are left tackle and edge rusher, and they are going to take Kalevion Chessin out of LSU. Good edge rusher, you know, national championship team. His pro, the one red flag is he did have an ACL tear in 2018. He's very explosive. He's he's kind of like a clowny type, where like he 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 makes big plays, but can sometimes like kind of taper off the tape a little bit. I mean, that also makes sense. Though, like, it makes sense drafting their ACL tear. I think there's like I forget the exact number, but there's a 95% chance, I think, with one ACL tear that a player will come back to exactly the same player they were. Yeah. And him taking plays off on the tape, there was the same concerns about Miles Garrett doing that in college. And right now in his NFL career, Miles Garrett's biggest issue has not been taking plays off. It's been bashing in opposing helmets, heads with a quarterback, with a helmet. Basically. So I, I think it makes sense taking them. Just teach them not to hit people with their helmet, and they'll be fine. Alrighty. At number 12, I have C.D. Lamb going to Oakland. Oakland thought they'd have Judy at this spot, but they didn't see Philly trading up. They will take the next best receiver. Lamb will work well, especially in Gruden's system with a lot of West Coast kind of underneath passing screen passes. Lamb fits the bill. At number 13, and you're paying on C.D. going to Oakland or at Las Vegas? I think it's a good move. It's a flashy player for a new flashy city. Um, give Derek Carr a little bit more help and try to take some of the pressure off that run game. All right. Uh, 13. We have the San Francisco 49ers, and they're going to reach a little bit. They're going to take C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. I watched this guy personally against my Hurricanes. Very athletic corner, very fast. Um. The dude moves very well, especially at the cornerback position. Definitely a good man coverage guy. His NFL comp is Greedy Williams, which is not a bad thing to be compared to. 
His issue is his tackling, which then again, you see a lot with especially fast man-to-man corners. But in San Fran, he's the perfect opposite to uh, Richard Sherman. Yeah, I think with Sherman getting up there in age, it's a good pick. I would like to see San Francisco take a wide receiver with the loss of Emmanuel Sanders, get Jimmy Garoppolo some more help. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a perfectly acceptable quarterback. He might be a little bit above average, but I don't see any wide receiver options here that make sense with Lamb and Judy off the board. I think Ruggs is, should not be taken this high. He should be taking any higher than 20, in my opinion. I can see him late teens, but at 13, I think that's too much of a reach when there's already a a cornerback or another position you want to fill that is available at that spot. Totally. All right. At 14, we have 10 bit Buccaneers with Tommy Brady, and the the Buccaneers are going to totally hose the 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 Browns who thought they were going to have Andrew Thomas at at 20 they're going to take Andrew Thomas out of Georgia they're going to get the goat some some blocking I think it makes total sense for them right now I originally had Swift going at 14 but the thing is there are going to be a lot of running backs available in day two I think right now getting a tackle to protect Brady and whoever they have after Brady is the key here I love them I think it just makes so much sense especially if they're going to try to protect the guy who with had a bad offensive line the year before in New England, and now moves to a not great one in in uh, Tampa Bay. I like it. I think it fills a need, a big need they had. People are saying how Tampa Bay's off offensive line is about on par with the Patriots, but also Jameis. Like I said last episode, Jameis is more athletic than Tom Brady, so he even with the picks, he still made that offensive line look a bit better than it probably is. Yeah, I would also see maybe if Washington events ends up deciding to trade Trent Williams, look for Tampa to trade this pick to them for Williams. All right, I can see that as well, and you'd maybe see them take Isaiah Simmons out of uh, Clemson there. Um, Speaking of Isaiah Simmons, at 15, the Broncos are going to take Isaiah Simmons. He falls all the way to 15. The Broncos do need a linebacker in the middle. Simmons is a freak athlete, and it fits for their defense. I didn't see him falling this far, but the way teams' needs are going, I don't think, like, it's weird when linebacker is like not a need you need him like right away. So I think Simmons falls there, and also such a deep wide receiver draft. That's the only other position I can see the Broncos taking at this point. Yeah, I think, like I said about, uh, I forget the team. I said it about the Panthers and their defense, and kind of like getting a good defense first, or the Jaguars, as I said about getting to the AFC Championship. I can see. Denver trying to get back to that elite defense they had to carry an offense. And I think as Drew Locke gets better, the defense won't have to carry them as much. But I think with this year, if you can get make the right moves, get the right draft picks, Denver will be a playoff team. And could I don't think they'll win it, could push for the AFC West if they can get a good linebacker to kind of pair with Vaughn Miller. All right. And I agree with you. I think um, also right now, we have the Atlanta Falcons. They're number one in his cornerback and in tier D line, and they're going to take Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. Kinlaw, 
has uh, his uh, strengths are upper body. He's a big, strong guy, very similar to Fletcher Cox. His NFL comparison is actually Leonard Williams, which is not a bad comparison, especially in the, the uh, Falcon system with the need interior help with Grady Jarrett, who is getting there up in age. So I, I like the pick. I like the pick. I agree with it, but there is another player I want them to take instead of Kinlaw. Who is your pick? Completely self-serving. It's taken way too high. But if they took Henry Ruggs here and just had the three Alabama wide receivers, that would be great. This would also be a great place for Ruggs, though. You know, people are focused focused on Ridley, and then Ruggs can just burn a guy in single coverage. Yeah, I I think for for overall career progression though for Rugs this is not the place he wants to go. Oh, I don't I don't think it would make sense. I just would love it. Also, yeah, yeah. DeAndre Swift right out of their backyard. That's what up. I was gonna. Th- that was the other only one I was thinking. But like, just the, their more immediate need is, and also Swift and Dobbins and Taylor will all be available second round for them. So. All right, uh, at 17, the Dallas Cowgirls will take Christian Fulton out of LSU. They need cornerbacks badly. The rest of their division is loading up with wide receiver help. They have the weakest defensive back core in their their division, possibly in their conference. Um, He's very quick. He's not a very good tackler, but he played in a very championship-winning team. It, it's kind of hard for me to evaluate him because he played with such good talent, but he's a good coverage corner. Their NFL comp for him is AJ Boye, which is not a bad thing to look at. So we'll see what happens with him. But like besides Awuzie, they really have no other talent in that secondary besides Ha Clinton Dix, who couldn't cover a shadow. So I, I like the pick. I don't hate the pick. I do think it's a concern if you're drafting a guy on that loaded of a defense to be your number one corner because he could have been protected by a bunch of above average players on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah, we have Grant DuPont right below him at uh at who's probably gonna go in the mid twenties. And Patrick Queen who's a linebacker probably going in the late twenties as well. It's it's definitely an issue. And I think that should be a concern for them, but I don't really see another need that they other than quarterback, but they're not gonna draft a quarterback here. Yeah. Maybe Another, and there aren't any on the board right now, maybe T. Higgins, but another wide receiver to kind of take some of the pressure off of Amari and give Dak another weapon. But I think that defense is a bigger need right now. Yeah. All right. At 18, the Dolphins will take Xavier McKinney out of safety out of Alabama. They need safety help. That defense is loading up, and McKinney is the best defensive player on the board for their need. I love McKinney's tape. He is definitely the best safety in this class by a mile. Kev, of course, you're an Alabama guy. What is your take on McKinney? Um, I like McKinney. Hang on. But I think there is a concern that he, that was one of the worst Alabama defenses that we've seen in a while. Couldn't really cover anyone that well. Couldn't tackle well. And I think that's a concern, but it is it makes the most sense to the Dolphins right now kind of shore up that secondary a bit, get some more safety out back there. I'm not saying that McKinney's not a good player and can't play well, because Alabama's worst defense is still better than probably 80% of the other defenses in the country. 
True. I, was I, thinking, I like I like his versatility too. Like he's a very in the box safety. Yeah, I mean, and Alabama loves those versatile safeties that they can put anywhere. They had Minka a couple years ago. He's had a pretty good NFL career, especially now that he's out of Miami. But I can see Miami does like those kind of versatile Alabama safeties. So I I agree with the pick. I don't know if it's the right pick overall with all those factors built in, but I can see Miami making this pick. All righty. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders with their second first-round pick. And they're going to take the man-to-man corner out of TCU, Mr. Justin Gladney. He is a man-to-man guy. Uh, decent decent comparisons. Jerry J- Alexander is his pro comp. Uh, really good feet. The problem is he's he's a little stumpy. His length is an issue, only being six foot 183. But I feel like they need defensive back help in Oakland, and a man-to-man corner like that, it's kind of a good fit. Yep, no no arguments against there. All right, number 20, we have the Jaguars again. Of course, they made the trade earlier with uh, San Diego, and they took um, – God, who did they take? They took Jeffrey Okta. So right now, their biggest thing is deep interior defensive line and corner – with the corners taken off the board. Let's see. Who do I have them taking here? They're going to take Grant DePlitt out of um, LSU. They need secondary help, and the biggest thing is he's the best available guy off the board unless they want to reach your trade down. So, I, 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 DePlitt a good, is a good safety. I mean... LSU defense, a six foot three, two hundred one safety. It's not a bad comp. Eric Berry is who he's being compared to right now by Dra- uh, Draft Network, and I honestly would agree if I'm looking at the tape. I like it for Jacksonville's defense. That and uh, Okta, that's a very good young secondary to go through going forward. <clears throat> I do like the pick. I think safety up big for Jacksonville. However, I think. If they think Gardner Minshew is the quarterback of the future for them, I can't see them ignoring getting him some offensive help. I can see them maybe reaching and taking a running back here to kind of play off of Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Or just some wide receiver help. I also think with, like, y'all realize this is the, like, they have a lot of depth in the draft. So I could really see them just waiting and then going to get a wide receiver like a K.J. Hamler or Denzel Mims around two. I think, though, if T. Higgins and um, Ruggs are still here, they're at least going to con- heavily consider taking them. Explosive playmaker in Ruggs. Higgins is an all-around good receiver. I don't think they're going to want to ignore this and end up like 2015 or 2016 it was when they made it to the AFC Championship but had no offense behind it. True, but that was more quarterback, less receiver. Um, 21, it's Eagle Philadelphia Eagles pick, but it is, they traded to Cleveland Browns for training for, uh, Jerry Judy and the Cleveland Browns will select, going back down the list here, (sighs) my computer's frozen, nice. 
premium website. All right, they're going to take Kenneth Murray at Oklahoma. They need linebacker help. They need to show up at defense. There's no tackles available on the board at this point until you go to Josh Jones at 31. I don't think they're going to trade back that far to reach for a, a left tackle. So I think the linebacker showed that defense a little bit. I think they'll wait a little bit to go get a, a lineman. So I think Cleveland, like the big story last year was their offense not really getting it done with all those trades they made. Their defense wasn't much better, especially after they got rid of Miles Garrett. I can see them trying to shore up that defense, fix it a bit, and at least make it more competitive. Yes. I agree. All right, at 22, we have the Minnesota Vikings, and they are going to go take Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. They need receiver help. They lost um, Stephon Diggs. All they have left is Adam Thielen and a bunch of scrubs. They'll take Ruggs at a uh, – and honestly, I didn't think Ruggs was going to last as long, but with Philadelphia trading up to 10, the only teams that really were going for wide receivers got their guys early. So – Rugs to 22 Minnesota. Now they don't have um, Stephon Diggs. I didn't even think I was going to have him going here. Honestly, the better fit would probably be Justin Jefferson, but Rugs is the better prospect. Rugs, his pro comp is Deshaun Jackson, explosive speed. The one thing that scares me on tape is when he is when he's trying to get himself across the board. Uh, I mean, off the line of scrimmage. He can sometimes get pushed around. He's not that physical. I think that's an issue going forward. But with a with across from Adam Thiel, I think he's a good comp fit. And with Kirk Cousins' lack of arm strength, a guy with explosive speed is good because he can turn a seven-yard slant into a 40-yard touchdown. I think another concern with Ruggs is, and you saw it not as much in games, but during the 40-yard dash, his acceleration isn't quite where you'd expect it to be for a guy this fast. He started slow in the 40 Made up for because once he reaches top speed, he's going to be one of the fastest guys in the field. But if you're expecting him to be running slants and drags, that's not good enough. You need a guy to get off the line quickly. And if he can also get bullied on there, that's a huge concern. I see him more as a deep threat, especially with the Sean Jackson comparison. And that is a horrible fit for Minnesota. I think they need a bigger receiver right. for a short So team. maybe – so maybe I'll make my I'll, I'll do a flip here. My only flip. I'm I'm thinking Justin Jefferson instead. He more fits yeah. their system. Yeah, because Kirk Cousins he can throw it deep sometimes, but he doesn't like doing that. True. And he doesn't do it enough to take a pick, take a guy in the first round who's probably going to just be a deep threat guy. Fair enough. And with the 23rd pick, the New England Patriots are going to take. Jordan Love out of Utah State. Now, Kevin and me have tried to figure out what the hell is going on in uh, New England. We can't figure it out. But Jordan Love, project quarterback, a lot of upside. You know, have him sit sit for the first couple weeks. Maybe draft some weapons later in the draft. I could see it being a good idea. So, yeah, Jordan Love to uh, um, New England. 
I don't necessarily like this pick for a couple of reasons. First off, Bill Belichick, and I know he had Tom Brady for a while, but he doesn't take quarterbacks in the first round. He would rather take a guy who's a project later and build them up. I think the rumors are somewhat true that they do think Jared Stidham's their quarterback of the future. I can see them more signing a veteran quarterback, whether it be Cam Newton or trading for Andy Dalton, and have him play a couple years while Stidham develops and then end up starting Stidham eventually. Because I don't think they're going to want to take a guy to compete with time for Stidham unless it's a veteran who's not going to be there for a while. And also, another reason I don't like this pick, if you're looking at it objectively, yes, a quarterback pick makes sense for the Patriots. So Bill Belichick's not going to take a quarterback. That's been their draft strategy for years. Like, oh, you think we need this? Okay, we're going to take something completely different. And I think they do need linebacker up. I'm not quite sure on your mock draft who's available still. I wouldn't mind seeing them take another wide receiver to give Stidham or whoever they get a weapon or even a running back. I don't love Sony Michelle. Uh, James White's good as a receiving back. I don't want him pounding the ball for three downs a game or three downs a drive. Fair enough. I, the thing is, like, but that's the thing. Like, the Patriots draft strategy hasn't worked the past four years. The last good draft pick they really had was Gronk. So. What? Like, I'm talking a home run draft pick. Um, three-time Super Bowl champ, Dante Hightower. Chandler Jones led the league in sacks. He can draft times. defense. He can draft defense. He can't draft offense to save his fucking life. Nate Solder was a good tackle. I, I think that was more of the Patriots system. system. If you went to the Giants, it was terrible. Yeah, but I mean, and I think he knows that, so I don't think he's going to take a quarterback this early. I don't know. We'll see. I don't even think Jordan Love will be available. That was like... I, I don't see him falling that far. I honestly see some team trading back up into the first round of getting him. But for sake of purpose, the Patriots have had Jordan Love available. I think they'd take him. All right. At 24, I have the Saints taking Patrick Queen out of LSU. A saw linebacker from the National Champs. Definitely more of an athletic type. His pro comp is Quan Alexander. I like the pick. He's flexible, he's athletic, and especially in that Saints defense, which needs a lot of help, it makes sense. Yeah, I think the Saints offense is good enough as is. Uh, They kind of fell apart against Minnesota, couldn't really get a lot going, but there's nothing in this draft that would really fix that for right now. So I think defense is the way to go. Fix that defense, get them good to maybe elite, and I think they have to focus on defense in this draft. So, And also, again, LSU – their backyard, it's, I think, about two hours away. Baton Rouge might be a little bit yeah. off there, but. All right. At 25, I have the Vikings taking A.J. Espinosa out of Iowa. There's been a lot of buzz about this kid. He's got a lot of talent. Junior, 6'6", 280. A big dude. Uh, his pro comp is Trey Flowers. Not a bad pro comp, honestly. Uh, power at the point of attack. Lateral mobility is definitely his red flag, but. At the end of the day, with Minnesota, you have Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. It's not a bad 
like makes the throw with those guys, I like the pick here. I agree with that. I think he was a premier guy in Iowa. I mean, they're pretty good, but not great. And he's getting so much buzz out of Iowa, which I feel like doesn't really happen out of the draft, except last year with the two tight ends. Yeah. But I I do think this is a great pick for Minnesota. Help that defense a bit more. Because their defense is already pretty good. Their offense, everything's okay with Minnesota. I think this pick in a couple years could make them go from good to very good or even, depending on how it progresses, great. Yeah. So I like the pick. All right. Uh, 26. This is where the old Justin Jefferson, uh, Henry Rugg swap is. I had JJ going to the Vikings at 21, I believe, or 22. And at 26, I have Ruggs going to the Miami Dolphins to give Justin Herbert some uh, some help going deep. Or Tua, whoever's available, but Ruggs going to Miami at 26. Love it. Get some weapons. Take some of the pressure also off of Devontae Parker on the outside. A good burner to go with a good physical receiver. It's a good combination. I like the, the, the deal. Yeah, and then it also takes some more pressure off of Mike um, Jasicki. Tight end, who I think right. has the chance to be a really good tight end in this league if kind of the defense doesn't have to focus on or has to focus elsewhere. True. At 27, we have the Seahawks taking Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, edge rusher, uh, Bond's pro comp. He is Lorenzo Alexander type. Very versatile. Problem is he's not that his length is kind of an issue. Only 6'3", 240, kind of an undersized edge rusher. But I feel like we could have a kind of a TJ TJ Watt kind of feel here. Kevin, what do you think about uh, Zach Bond out of Wisconsin going to Seattle? I do like the pick. I like kind of helping that defense again get back kind of the mystique of the Legion of Boom and building up that defense because the Legion of Boom was kind of the trademark and the put asses in the seats of that team. But they still have yeah. a very good front seven. And I think he'll do that. I don't think there's anyone really available, but I would also like to see get Russell Wilson some more protection because he doesn't get sacked a lot, but he moves around enough to avoid that. I think getting him protection, if he can set his feet in the pocket, he will burn a team. True. All right. I saw that early in the year, but then he kind of fell off. I think part of that was the lack of protection. True. All right. At 28, we got the Baltimore Ravens. I have them taking LaVisca Chenault Jr. out of Colorado. Kind of one of the new up-and-comers in this draft class. Big physical receiver. His pro comp was Sevin Watkins. His traits are his play strength and acceleration. His top end 40 wasn't great, but he hits the gas really quickly. Horizontal routes are kind of his issue, but for a guy like uh, Lamar Jackson, who likes to throw the ball downfield, it's a good comp. He's a big physical guy to go along with Hollywood Brown. The only red flags really are his surgeries to repair a torn labrum and his turf toe. But I like the move here. You're getting a solid top 20 receiver at 28. I think the pick works. I love it. I think it it takes away kind of that the run heaviness of the Ravens offense that was last year. I think it gives Lamar Jackson another weapon, throws another wrinkle in things, so teams can't just load the box on them and then put man coverage with some safety help with 
uh, Brown, it kind of makes teams play true and cover everyone on the field evenly instead of just, like I said, two guys covering Brown and then everyone else in the box. Exactly. Um, all right. Next up, we have the Tennessee Titans at 29, and they are going to select uh, Neville Gilmore out of uh, Gallimore, out of Oklahoma, interior defensive lineman. They need a lot of interior help on defense, and his con- – I mean, he's a big dude, 6'2", 304. Um, Lee Collins, his, his comparison run defense is his strength. I, I like the move, especially when they got to take well, – the AFC South is kind of theirs for the taking now. Yeah, I would I, like to see them take another offensive weapon so they don't have to run the ball as much with Derrick Henry. Give Ryan Tannehill some weapons, who's not a great quarterback, but he's smart with the ball. But I think given where they're drafting, who's left on the board, any offensive player right now would be a reach. Uh-huh. So I do think just getting that defense even better. And they weren't bad last year, but they're about middle of the pack. I think getting them even better will make them an, an even better team. Maybe they can hold on to a lead in the AFC Championship with a better defense. Yeah. I think just the interior tackle, he's an effort guy. Run defense is where I actually struggle. I misread, I misread the analysis I was reading. One of the guys, I mean, I can't watch film on every single guy in this mock draft, but he is Oklahoma, and Oklahoma was very good at one thing, and that was rushing the passer. Especially, I watched the Baylor game where basically Oklahoma's D-line swallowed Baylor alive, and it was, it was very impressive. <clears throat> right now, I have... It's just a good move for me. I think that the Titans have a ferocious defense, and this is just going to make it even better. The weapons, I feel like they can go get another receiver. They don't need a number one. A.J. Brown clearly is that guy. Corey Davis is a solid number two or three. Maybe getting a deep threat to go on, uh, to go in that mix would probably be a good idea, but that can get, they can get that like with a K.J. Hamler or a uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones in the second round. But next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers, and they are going to select Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Big, physical, vertical, large target to hit. It makes sense for them. They need somebody to replace um, Mayo Sanders, and unlike Sanders, it's kind of hard to miss Denzel Mims. He's a big fella, and he can run. His tape was very good against Texas. I like his comp. He definitely can move. Had a great combine. Ran a 4-4. His uh, pro comp is DJ Hackett. Ball skills are incredible. His route running is a little sketchy, but I feel like that can be worked on as he gets into the pros. No real red flags for injuries. I think it's a good solid pick at 31 for the Niners. I think think, um, kind of route running being an issue going into it is going to be less of an issue going forward after seeing what – the what DK Metcalf's done in Seattle, he's yeah. a phenomenal receiver, and everyone's like, "Oh, he can't run routes. He can't run routes." Going into the draft, and he's fine. Either you don't make him run Chris routes, you go, "Hey, just run a a fly or a post or something with one cut," or you work, and then you work on that going forward. I think getting a bigger target for Jimmy Garoppolo is a great move. I think it'll help them a lot. 
and also yeah. Orc has some pretty nice uniforms, so. <laughs> there you Another go. All right. Space, but, but. Yeah. All right. Um, and last but not least, at 32, with the Kansas City Chiefs defending champs, I have them taking DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. They need to fill some gaps. They need to get a running back because Damian Williams is a good running back, but he's not. He's not. He can't, you can't run him every play. Swift, you can hand the ball 15, 20, 30 times a game, and he'll do the job. Powerful runner. His pro. His pro comparison, Kevin, is Cadillac Williams. I oh. love it. Uh, I agree. I've agreed with most of your picks right, today. Um, there's been a couple that I'm like, what is this? What are you thinking? But not many. I love this pick, though. It would be nice to see them kind of work on that defense a little bit more. Because while they did show improvement towards the end of the year, it still should be a big red flag for them. But adding a running back like DeAndre Swift to this offense makes them almost unstoppable. You load the box, oh, cool, Tyreek Hill will burn your outside corner, Travis Kelsey will be in the underneath to middle of the field to throw it to. Oh, you're going to come out in a nickel or a dime set? Okay, cool, DeAndre, here's the ball. This makes the offense even scarier, which is hard to do. Yeah, they add a running attack to an already loaded offense. It's just a total home run. And because of Kevin's theory, most teams will take a running back early. Also, because a lot of teams have a good running back already. There's only, there's very few who their big glaring need is running back. The only other team I can think of that would trade, take a running back and trade back would be San Diego, uh, Los Angeles, because they, they lost um, they lost Melvin Gordon. I don't believe, and I don't believe Austin Eckler is a three down running back, but We'll see going forward what happens. But, yeah, no, so that's the mock draft, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I can also see the other L.A. team trying to trade in the first to getting running back. Yeah. Early. But also, if they might go get, like, a Jonathan Taylor. But then again, they trip for another running back who's got a lot of miles on his tires. I think the I Rams are just going to be one of those teams every three years. They get a new good running back from the draft. And then I go back again. Oh, we're back at it again. Back for another running back. Yes, sir. All right. So that was our mock draft. Our biggest surprise, of course, was my Eagles trading up for Jerry Judy. And bias aside, whatever you might think, I it, he's the best fit for Philly's offense. And Howie Roseman's been known to move mountains to get what he wants. And as much as he drives me insane, the man gets his first round picks right a lot. So, hey, uh, Jared. Yeah, buddy. How confident are you in your mock draft? About 70%. Better than last year. Did you know that you could bet on these picks? And bet on things such as when will Justin Herbert be drafted? When will CeeDee Lamb be drafted? Total LSU players drafted in round one. You can bet on all of that. And while March has come and gone, it's time to score big on the nonstop action that is kind of stopped because of Corona. But there's drafts coming up with MyBookie. MyBookie is the best place for you to cash in on the insane buzzer beaters, huge upsets, and white-knuckle finishes. They offer live betting on every game, bracket challenges, 
national championship futures, and more. And I know sports are ended for now because of the Rona, but that's okay. You can bet on almost anything with my bookie, including the Democratic nomination, the presidential election, even the name of the next pope for our Catholic friends out there. My booker, my bookie creators to all players, whether you research each matchup or you fill out your bracket based on the mascots you like, my bookie has something for you. Join now and start winning huge today. Sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? My bookie pays fast when you win. With decades of experience, great customer service, and hassle-free action, why would you bet anywhere else, Jared? I don't know. I, I'm much. I'm kind of a gambler. Kevin knows that. And I, honestly, I'm a. I, I'm starting to become a pretty big fan of my bookie. So check it out, guys. Seriously. You're not sold on my bookie yet. I'm not. Listen, I'm new to this gambling thing because I usually lose at it. Well, Jared, here's what you can do to help you out of it. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code BellyUp for a 50% deposit bonus. Whatever money you put in, you're getting half of that added back on. That's, That's how promo works. code BellyUp, all capitals, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P. Bet with the biggest, win with the best, only at MyBookie. So, yeah, MyBookie. Love it. All right, Kev, do you got some weird sports stuff for us today? I texted Jared before we were recording saying I have the weirdest of sports stuff today. So I'm going to take you back to the wonderful year of 1982. It was a great year. Not a great year for the Seattle Mariners. The whole beginning of the Mariners' history is so weird, I could do a whole podcast just about the weirdness. But, Garrett, I'm going to break down a little story for you, okay? All right. You're Renee Latchman. You're the Mariners' new manager. This is the best team they've had. That doesn't mean they're good. That just means they've been bad before. You go in to Chicago, game against the White Sox, I believe. And after the game, you're tired. You just want to go back to your room, take a nap, or go to bed. Make Watching game film, maybe. But you go into your room. Try to turn the lights on. There's nothing on. They won't turn on. You try to call the front desk and say, hey, my lights aren't working. The receiver on the phone has been ripped out, so you can't call anyone. You go, all right, you know what? I'll deal with this tomorrow. I'm going to go to bed. Your bed's not there. None of the furniture. It's all gone. You go, where is all the stuff? You go to the bathroom. All of your furniture is shoved in the bathroom in your toilet bowl is filled with jello. Now, because you're the manager, you're pretty bougie. You have a second bathroom. You go to the second bathroom to see that bathroom, that toilet bowl is also filled with jello. Renee Latchman reported this to the police and offered a bounty for this guy. Whoever could find it. They didn't know who did. They couldn't find the guy until the end of the season. Relief pitcher Larry Anderson decided that he was going to prank his manager and bought 16 boxes of Jell-O. After getting into his room, they poured the Jell-O into the toilet, sink, and bathtub. And they unscrewed the telephone, removed all the light bulbs, 
and strung toilet paper around the room made it look like Toomer's Corner in Auburn. The funniest part of this to me is Larry Anderson was not a good player. At the time of this prank, he was throwing a 5-9-1. Yikes. This manager wanted an excuse to send him down. And he was in his 30s at this point. So if he gets sent down, his major league career is over. Totally. But he waited until the end of the season and told him, told Renee Latchman that he was the one who did it. Do you know Larry Anderson's other claim to fame? No. When the Red Sox traded Jeff Bagwell to the Astros, he is the player the Red Sox got back. Oh, God. So they got back a pitcher who couldn't pitch who liked putting Jello into toilets. <laughs> well, that sums up the Red Sox in a nutshell. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. So, folks, not much of a last call today because, you know, we had a great long mock draft and Kev may have hit it out of the park with Jello and toilets. But, um, we, we talked about last week, uh, actually earlier this week, that there's some optimism on the horizon for, um, you know, sports being back eventually. I want to take a little shot at Kirk Herbstreet, the most annoying person in college football for uh, ESPN. He's like, oh, I'd be surprised if there's uh, football in 2020. And I'm like, dude, don't say that. I'm asking public figures... The biggest thing right now is for everyone to be positive. And when you have overpaid morons like Curb Herbstreet, whose career should have ended about 20 years ago when he clearly couldn't throw a football in the NFL, shouldn't talk. Yes, this is not the best situation. Yes, there is a rising case rate and raising death toll. But people need hope. People need optimism. So Curb Herbstreet, shut up. Put that Ohio State education and plug your mouth with it at least until this is over first of all be positive who knows we could have a we could have our peak start dropping soon we could have you know nfl in college with only a week or two delay or a month delay but you know what we adjust but saying stupid shit like this it's not helpful you're not serving society at all you're not helping anybody you're just being a jackass shut up kirk herb street you suck Fox is better. Corso is the only reason that show still runs. Hey, Kevin, and Pat McAfee will be the only reason. True. Pat McAfee and Lee Corso. Even Desmond Howard. Anybody's better than Herb Street. I don't hate Herb Street just because he doesn't like Ohio State. Because a couple years ago, when his kids were looking at school or younger, he said, "Oh, I want my kids to go to Penn State. I don't want them going to Ohio State." Didn't he go to Ohio State? Yeah, he was their quarterback. People were very bad. So Ohio State's like a cult, dude. Yeah, I mean, he was going for based on the education value, not the football team. Oh yeah, no. So I think it's hysterical. college but you know whatever all right but that about wraps up today folks that was our mock draft special we will do another one of these probably in about two weeks and then one the day uh the wednesday before the draft 
I am your host, Jared Clem. That is my sidekick, Mr. Kevin Langley. This was brought to you, of course, by Belly of Sports and the Belly of Podcast Network. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Bye. Check out my bookie promo code BellyUp. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.